It's such a great joy and a privilege to be with you all this morning. I thank God for the wonderful opportunity. Uh, it's always refreshing to come to Elgin. I just love Elgin. It's a nice town and lovely people here. And I love the hospitality of the people up here. It's good to see some familiar faces and some new faces this morning as well. Um, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to be here this morning. I'm very, very grateful for the worship leaders who took all these wonderful songs. And they are very, very close to my heart. All those songs are very close to my heart. I feel it's a treat to me this morning. The worship has been a treat to me this morning. Um, so I really thank God because it summarizes basically what I'm going to share you this morning. That's it, pretty much it. So the, basically the song summarizes what I just want to share with this morning. It shows how faithful God is. Amen? He's so faithful. You know what? We only see the faces. We see the smiley face. We see the makeup on the face. We see the jacket. We see the colorful coats that they're wearing. But we don't know the scars and the wounds that are behind the faces, behind the jacket, inside the heart. You know, with lovely, we don't know how they spent the last night tossing in the pillows, crying or worrying. We do not know what it is. But you know what? God knows exactly where we are this morning. Amen? And that's why I just love this girl. All my life has been faithful. What a beautiful line. All my life has been so, so faithful. Amen? Amen? Not because we are faithful. Not because I'm good. Not because I've been a saint. Not because I'm the holy of the holies of the holies. No way. But he's been so faithful. He's been faithful to Abraham, who is such a good man. And he's faithful to me, as such a wretched woman. His faithfulness never changes because who we are. And that is what is amazing about his faithful. Yeah? That is what is his faithfulness. He doesn't change from person to person. He doesn't change from nationality to nationality. He doesn't change from race to race. He doesn't change from culture to culture. He doesn't change from town to town. Because he is faithful. That's the full stop. That's the end of it. He is faithful irrespective of who we are and what we have done yesterday, what we have done today. He is faithful. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. And that is why I love this Lord a lot. I love the clock a lot, a lot in front of me as well. <laughs> Chema told me, last 10 minutes will go uh, orange and the last two minutes will go red. And then he said, my daughter said, I will go bomb. <laughs> So I'm very, very happy and excited. I like the timekeeping as well. Let's close our eyes and ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. Lord, it's your word. No one else can explain to us better than you. Holy Spirit, no one else can teach us better than you this morning. You know what we need. You know the word that we need. One word from his more than sufficient, Father God. Lord, this morning, I cover myself into your hands and I pray that, Lord, that you will speak to me and you speak to every single person listen to your word. Because your word is life. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning, I just want to turn to our meditation, the book of Acts chapter 12. It's one of my very favorite passages in the Bible, Acts chapter 12. It talks about a situation in the church when there was a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos in the church at that point in time. The whole faith was shaking, the entire congregation. Faith was shaking because there's this man called James who was with Jesus, walking with Jesus, eating with Jesus, sleeping with Jesus. And this man, they thought he's a very powerful man. Nothing could touch him. Well, church has to grow. Church has to expand. And he, who else can help us? A great overseer, great pastor, James, was there right on top. So they were so happy, comfortable, because this man can lead them. And all of a sudden, the chapter opens. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to arrest some of the church. Then he killed James the brother of John with the sword. The first thing happened was they lost their leader. 
They thought this man is going to lead them in the next five, ten years. You know, it was such a chaotic situation the church was in. And above all, as we continue to read, they had this overseer, Peter. They thought, okay, right, we have Peter to guide us, to teach us what Jesus wants us to do, how the mission has to go, how the church has to grow, what we need to follow, what we need to do. The waiting on Peter, and here we see, the Bible says, because he saw that pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. So now he's arrested Peter also. So now we have a church. Can you imagine the condition of the church? They lost the pastor, and they lost the overseer, and they don't know what they're believing right now. Well, they thought this God is an awesome God. He's a deliverer. He's mighty to save. He can move the mountains. He can do this. He can do that. Now he can't even protect their own leader. So what kind of God are they serving? Yeah? Many times we ask this question, what kind of God are we trusting in? I've been praying and praying and praying. Nothing has ever changed. I prayed for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Nothing has changed. So stop praying for that. I don't know how many of you are saying that. Many times we give up on a prayer request because it's boring. Because, oh, right, Angeline, the same request for the last 15 years. I know what we're praying for. Sometimes we give up on those prayer requests. And here we see what I want to focus this evening, this morning, is that there's a church that was praying. There's a church that was praying. Chapter 5, verse 5, it says, Peter was therefore kept in the prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. The church that prays. And that is what caught my eye in this chapter. We have a church that prays. Amen? We have a church that prays. I want to look at somebody and tell, you have a church that prays for you. Amen? You have a church that Come on, with faith, look at somebody in the eyes and say that. You have a church that prays for you. You have a church that prays for you. You have a church that prays for you. Amen? We have a church. You know what the church is all about? Not these four walls. That's you and me. That's you and me. We have someone who's praying for us. When Peter was in the prison, the Bible says he was bound with two soldiers on either side. The soldiers are not the handsome model that we see here. Okay? The soldiers are really tall and hefty and, you know, really weird looking guys and all sorts of muscles all over the parts of the body. And, you know, scary, really, really scary looking. The Bible says Peter was sleeping. I have no idea how Peter was sleeping, having two giants beside him, and he was sleeping. Do you know why Peter was sleeping? He knew that he had a church that was praying for him. Do you know what? When you go through difficult times, when you go, child, that is why we need a church. We need to be part of a church. Many people don't understand the importance of church. They're quite happy with the online services. They're quite happy by listening to this pastor, that pastor, this pastor. No. You need a founded, grounded church. You need to be part of a church, irrespective of what ministry you're doing. You can be evangelist, you can be, you can be worship leader, you can be going around the world. It doesn't matter. You need to have a church because the church prays for you. And that is why coming to church is very important. The Bible talks about coming to church on a regular basis. It's very important to have fellowship, to have the community, to have the love so that you can pray for each other. Without knowing each other, you cannot pray. Yes, you can, you can probably pray. I pray for Angeline. You don't know what exactly I need. Do you understand that? You don't know what I'm going through. Unless I have a relationship with you, you won't know what I'm going through. Unless you talk to me, you don't know what my, my, my last week was. What are you going to pray for? And that is why you need a church to pray. You need to come to church on a regular basis, irrespective of your situation. There are times 
I tell you guys, you won't feel like coming to church. I've been like that. You don't feel like, why am I going to church? I have gone through that season. But I didn't want, I, I come from a Christian family. My father's a pastor. I grew up in a pastor's family where Sunday is God's day. From morning, 5 o'clock to 11 o'clock. I'm not exaggerating. You can ask my daughter till now. My dad is 73. We have seven services, one after the other. One after the other. From morning till night. And that is how I was being brought up. Sunday, forget of everything, be in the church. No parties, no birthday parties, nothing whatsoever. Be in the church. The church feeds the breakfast, lunch, and everything. And that is how I was brought up. Can you imagine a person who was brought up in the church didn't feel like going to church? <laughs> I didn't know what excuse to give my dad. Because I, I, being the pastor's daughter, I expect to sit in the front row. Such an example for everything. Everybody looks at you, oh, that's a pastor's daughter. Oh, she's doing this, she's doing that. You know what? The focus light was always on me. So if I don't go to church, everybody will not have been in church. If I don't take communion, everybody will not have taken communion. Oh my goodness. She hasn't taken communion today. So what has she been up to? <laughs> so can you imagine? So there were days I didn't feel like going to church at all. I was going through a rough time and I said, Lord, I was finding every possible excuse. Any child that cries, I can't the child and go out of the room. Because the child is crying. I have to console the child because I don't want to be in the church. I was going the rough path. I do not know how many of you feel like that. I don't know how many of you feel like You know, I don't feel like being in the church. I don't want to be in the church, my dear friends. It is not an option and it's not a choice. Hold on. Hold on. Keep coming to the church. Do not leave the fellowship. Do not leave the fellowship of the saints of God. Because that will keep you going through in difficult times. Here we see Peter was bound in the prison and the church was praying. The church was praying. A church has to be a community of people who is praying for each other. Prayer was given constantly, not weekly. Not whenever it felt like. The Bible says the prayer, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And then we see as we go on, I like the verse it says, verse 3 and 4 when you read. So when he arrested them, he put them in prison and delivered into four squads of soldiers. So there are four squads of soldiers, and there were four different rooms they were going into, intend, four squad soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people passed over. So basically, the first squad, and there are four soldiers, the second one, the third one, and the fourth one. They made sure that Peter will never come out, because you know what happened in the previous chapters. Peter came out. Yeah? So this time, they want to make sure there's no way he's coming out. There's no way he's coming out. So there's four plus four plus four. There's no student here. Otherwise, I'll ask a math question. There's four plus four plus four plus four. Sixteen soldiers guarding one man, including two soldiers inside. So they were making sure there's no way Peter was coming out. They wanted to make sure that he's going to be killed. Beheaded the next day. The Bible says Peter was sleeping. Peter was sleeping. I have no idea from where this man had this peace to sleep. The peace that passed all understanding. Amen. Maybe I was thinking, why was Peter sleeping? Was he thinking, God, I had enough of this earthly nonsense. People torturing me here and there. Tomorrow morning, one shot, they'll kill me. I'll be in heaven. Maybe he's sleeping because of that. I had enough of that. One shot, I'll be there tomorrow praising you, God. Was he happy because of that? Or was he happy that he knew that God has got a plan for him, that God would do something in his life? Do you know what? We do not know our future. 
We do not know our future, but God knows our future. Whatever path you're going through is mighty to save. He may not save you the way you are expecting to save. He may not save you the way that you and I are planning to save. Because that is what we could see. But God can see more beyond that. And His plans are much greater and much more beautiful and much more magnificent than what you and I can imagine. And that is what Ephesians 3.20 says. He's a God who can do more than what you can ask or imagine. Imagination is the most powerful gift one can ever have. I can think of being the queen of this country. No one can stop me. <laughs> I don't want to be. <laughs> That's the most powerful gift one can ever have. The Bible says... I will do beyond what you can imagine. And that's the God that you and I serve. That's the God you and I serve. The Bible says Peter was sleeping. The church was praying constantly. And the Bible says Herod planned to, to bring him on a such and such a date. See, sometimes we ask God, why God not answering right now? God knows when to do it. He was arrested seven days. He was in the prison. God did not do anything for the last seven days. Just the day before. He's going to be killed. Just the day before he's going to be killed. Herod was about to bring him out. The night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for you. When you raise your hallelujah, when you raise your prayer, when you raise your prayers, when you go on your knees and say, Lord, I am not leaving you until you do something in my life. He sends the heavens to fight for you. And that is what we see in the Bible this morning. Amen. Heaven comes to fight. How many of you are excited when heaven is coming to fight for you? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. See, it reminds me of a time, you know, I have a younger brother. He's just the opposite of me. Okay, so you can imagine whatever you want. He's short. He's thin. <laughs> Lighter skin. Very timid. So soft-spoken. Whatever I am, he's not. That is what it is. But it's just the opposite of me, okay? I love my brother. He's my baby brother. I really love him very much. And when he was younger, he would get scared for every single thing. So I was the protector. So one day he was playing cricket. By accident, the ball hit another boy's head and there was a big cut and the blood was oozing out. So now, the mother of the boy, the street that all were gathering, a big fight with my brother. And my brother was only five, six years old at the time. And he was very, very thin and short and intimidating. You can imagine anything you want. He's like the Oliver Twist. Give me some more. That's the character you can imagine. You can imagine that's what he was. And he was so scared. And, and I could hear the commotion in the street. So I went out and I saw, where's my brother? The first thing is, where's my brother? They said, your brother was running uh, in my, my house close to the beach. So they said he was running towards the beach. And I thought, oh my goodness. My brother's too scared. Is he thinking about this stupid thing to do in his head? What is he trying to do? I was so scared from brother. So I was looking for brother everywhere to cut the story short. And there was people screaming on the road. How oh, can you do this? Call the police. Blah, 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 blah. It was just an accident. Yes, the boys hurt. No doubt about it. It was just an accident. But you know what? I got so angry. How dare you speak of my brother like that? So how dare you can call the police? How dare you speak of my brother? It was just... So I went full raging in the road, shouting, how dare you talk about my brother? I went on. Okay, full raging, because I was so angry, but talking about my brother. So how dare you? Do you know what? That is what heaven does. If an ordinary sister can do that for a younger brother, how much more God is more concerned about you? Do you think he will just let go every word that's spoken against you? Do you think every accusation, every humiliation, every embarrassment, every word that is spoken against you, you think God will just let go like that? No way! When you're fighting a battle, you are not alone because God is sending his heaven to fight for you. 
And that is the God that you and I have. Let's say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You and I have an heavenly army fighting for us. How exciting it is this morning. The Bible says, verse 7, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and the light shone in the prison. He struck Peter by the side. I'm going to pause here for a minute. In English translation, it says, He struck Peter by the side. Okay? In my language, it says, He touched him by the ribcage right here. Do you know this part? After the service, strike over the people, okay? The moment you touch someone here, do you know what happens? Have we tried that? They will jump like that. It's very ticklish. It's a very sensitive part, okay? Especially if someone is very ticklish, you go near and just touch the poke them with the finger, they will jump with the Holy Spirit. They'll go like three or four, jump all over the place. Because this part is one of the most sensitive part of the body. Most sensitive part of the body. You get really ticklish when someone touches you. You just get a shiver. Do you know what? Sometime, your Bible says, God, Peter was sleeping. God touched the side of the Peter. Sometime, in order to get an attention, God touches the most sensitive part of our life. The most sensitive part, the part that you think is very important to you. The part that you think is more, more core to you. It's close to your heart. That is when it starts rocking the boat. And you feel, oh no, oh no. Why God, why God? I thought my marriage is going steady. Why are you rocking my marriage boat? Lord, I thought I've got a permanent job. Why are you rocking my job just now? I thought my health is getting better. But doctor says, oh no, why are you rocking the most sensitive part of my life? My dear friends, God sometimes touches the most sensitive the most important, that is very close to your heart to get his attention. I don't know how many of you experience that in your life. I have done many, many, many times. It could be a family, it could be a children, it could be a health, it could be a parents, it could be the loved ones, it could be something that is very precious to you. Not one occasion, not two occasions, several occasions God had to do with me. Because you know why? Sometimes we lose track, we lose the priority. We forget who God is, where God has to be kept. Sometimes a job, job takes a priority. Sometimes a family takes a priority. Sometimes a children takes a priority. When these things take a priority, without realizing, we push God to the second level, or sometimes third, or sometimes fourth, and, and, and He just goes down. And that is when God says, enough is enough. Now, we have a practice in India. I don't think we do it in, in the UK. I, I am a backbencher. Do you know what it means? I always sit at the back. I love to sit at the back in school days because nobody cares about the back picture. <laughs> we have our own fellowship. We have our own snack time. We talk and we talk and we talk. We don't care what the teacher is talking in the front. We have our own world because our classrooms are 100 in number, not 20, 30. So nobody cares what you do at the back. Okay, so I am the king of the back seat. So we enjoy, we have a snack, we draw, we doodle. We do all the things except learning from the teacher. So sometimes the teachers get really annoyed and they'll call out the name. And because we're 100 in that class, we don't, because we are busy talking. We are con having you in a conference there. So we haven't got a clue what the teacher's calling us. And you say, Angel, Angel. And no, the next thing you hear is on your, on your head, it'll be a small shock piece hitting your head. And ah, yes, I'm here. <laughs> that is when, you know, sometime, sometime that is what God does. He hits us with a small chalk piece and says, hey, listen to me. I've been calling you. 
I've been trying to grab your attention for years and years and years. For the last few weeks, I've been talking to you. I'm trying to get attention, but you're busy yapping away with your work, with your family, with your girlfriend, with your boyfriend, whatever it is. You're not giving the time that you're supposed to give to me. And therefore, you get one knock on your head saying, look at me. And you get the attention of God. Many, many times God has done to me. And I said, Lord, you've rocked it. You got my attention. What do you want me to do now? <laughs> you got my attention now. What do you want me to do now? And this is what we see in the story of Peter. My dear friends, I do not know how many of you are going through a boat that is rocking right now. It could be spiritual warfare. It could be physical. It could be emotional. It could be fear. It could be anxiety. It could be financial. It could be relationship. I do not know which part of your boat is sinking, which part of the boat is rocking. I don't know where God, which part of the sensitive part God has touched you this morning. I do not know. All you got to say is, Lord, you got my attention. Here I am. What do you want me to do? And we see here, Peter, the moment the Lord stuck Peter on his side, immediately the chains fell off his hands. The moment he got the attention, all the things that was binding him, all the things that were holding him back, all the things that could not let him move, just got loose immediately, my dear friends. And that's what we sang. I raise a hallelujah in the midst of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah. Louder and louder, you hear my praises roar. And we hear, we read the book of Mark chapter 10. There was this blind man, Bartimaeus, he was sitting there. And everybody asked to shut his mouth. They said, keep quiet, keep quiet. The Bible says, the more they asked him to keep quiet, the more he cried out loud and said, Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, hear me and heal me. I love that verse. The more they asked to keep his mouth shut, the more he cried out. And this is the morning for you to cry out to the Lord. Respect to the situation. Respect to what people are telling you. They say, there is no point in asking God. There's no point in praying to God. It doesn't matter what the world is telling you. Our God is a God of supernatural. He can do things beyond an imagination when you raise your hallelujah because heaven comes to fight for you. And that is what we see in this Bible this morning. He says, immediately, verse 7, the chains fell off his hands and immediately Peter stood up. Peter stood up. And if you go into verse 9, it says, He went out, followed him, and did not know what he was done by the angel. It was real. It was like seeing a vision. And when they passed, look at verse 10. And when they passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city. How many gates did they go through? When Peter went inside, how many gates did he go Four gates. One, remember? Four squads. One, two, three, four. But when he came out, when he followed Angel, how many gates did he come out? The moment he passed the second gate, he was in the main street to lead to the city. See, sometimes we expect God to work the way, oh God, I passed the four gates, so you have to take me through the four gates. No. No. He doesn't have to do that. Because he's God. Within one gate, you can go get your deliverance. And that is what happened to Peter. Here we say, and when he went out and followed him, he did not know. And verse 10 says, when they passed the first and the second gate post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them on its own a God. What a magnificent God we serve. What a faithful God we serve. What a faithful God we serve. The gates opened all 
all by itself. Hallelujah. This morning, my dear friends, I do not know what you're praying for. I do not know what the situations are. I do not know which boat the Lord is rocking in your life. I do not know where you feel is sinking. I do not know where you're feeling discouraged. This morning, God is telling you, be of good courage. Because all the broken doors will be opened by itself. Amen. You don't have to do anything. You might have gone through four difficult channels. You might have said, oh, I've got 16 girls within the second door. You will be the main door because God will open the doors for you. And that is the God you and I serve. We serve an amazing God. Don't give up your hope this morning. Don't give up your hope this morning. Don't give up your hope this morning. Start praising God wherever you are, whatever situations you are. Go on your knees and say, Lord, I have a church that prays for me. I have a church that prays for me. I have a church that prays for me. Constant prayer has been offered. When you start praying, you will see doors opening in your, in your lives. The doors you think that cannot be opened. The doors you think can never be opened. I have seen this in my life time and again. Time and again. Time and again in my mother's life, in my dad's life, in my brother's life. Medical reports, doctors said, my mother cannot live more than three months in 2016. The doctor said, your mother has three months. Do not bring her to the hospital because we cannot treat her. There is no treatment for her. Give her whatever she wants. Give her whatever she wants. Let her enjoy her life next three months. I thank God her mother is still alive. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't care about the doctor's reports because I serve a God who is supernatural. My mother is still alive. My mother is still alive. You know, she has her own sickness. She has her own challenges, but she never ever stops going to church. No matter how ill she feels, she'll go to the church. I have an amazing mother. And I thank God for mother today because I'm celebrating my birthday. And today's my birthday. And, and every, on every birthday, I thank God for mother. Because without my mother, she's been such a pillar of support for me spiritually. She taught me how to fight the spiritual battle. She taught me what faith is. She taught me what is to be go on her knees and fight and get what you want from the Lord. So thank God for a wonderful mother I have. You know what? You have a certain example for your children, for your grandchildren. You have a legacy to pass on to. It is very, very important that we pass on our faith to our children. Teach our children to pray. When they ask you something, tell them to go on their knees and ask God first. Teach them. Teach them. Don't give them straight away. That's what I do with my children. You need something, go and pray about it. You go and pray about it and ask God. The children need to know all good things come from God. Everything comes from God. This morning, I just want to encourage the church this morning. A church that prays. The church needs to pray. We need to pray as a church, as a congregation. Join every possible meeting where you can join and pray for each other because the church needs to know. Every single person needs to know, I have a church that prays for me. Hallelujah. I have a church that prays for me. And remember, when God is rocking your boat, He's just trying to get your attention. He's not going to harm you. He's not going to let you down. It's not a God who forsakes you and leaves you halfway through. It's a God who will lead you. Many a time, it is our mind that stops us from the blessing of God, from the deliverance, what we are, the way we hold. The story goes like this, okay? A man was passing through a street. I mean, he was a huge elephant. A huge elephant was tied to a pillar, a very thin chain, not a big one, a very small one, a weak one. And the elephant was going two steps forward. And the chain would stop it, and the elephant came back again. And the elephant would go two steps forward, and the chain would stop, and the elephant came back again. The man was looking at the huge elephant. The next step the elephant takes will break the chain. 
the elephant will be free. But the elephant is not doing that. And he was really surprised. So he went to the owner of the elephant and said, I don't understand this. Huge elephant, it's really powerful, really strong. It takes two steps and it stops. And it goes back again. Why is it not taking the next step? Why is it not doing it? And the owner said, when the elephant was a little calf, okay, it was running all over the place. In order to control it, they tied it with a small chain so it won't wander away. So the elephant would go a few steps and then come back, and a few steps and come back. But as time went on, the mind got conditioned. The elephant thought that is all it could move. So he didn't realize the potential the elephant had, how strong it was. If it only takes the next step, it can break the pillar. It can smash the pillar. The elephant did not realize the strength and the potential it had within itself. It contained itself because that is what it believed that it could do. Many times in our faith, we stop our faith. We think this is the end of it. I want you to release your faith this morning. I want, I want to challenge you this morning. Release your faith. Do not limit your faith. Do not limit God's power. Let God be God because supernatural, awesome God. And this morning, I just want to encourage you, church. When we pray, when we pray, heaven fights for us. When we pray, he's a savior. He can move the mountains. He, my God is mighty to say because he's faithful. Not because of who we are, because of who he is. Shall we all close our eyes? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I do not know your situation this morning. I just want to pray with you this morning. I do not know where you come from. I do not know your background. I don't know what you prayed for. I do not know the challenge you faced last night. But this morning, I just want to tell you, my friends, God is right beside you. He's there right beside you and is telling you, I have a heavenly army fighting for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Open your mouth and say, Lord, this is where I'm struggling. Maybe God has touched you in a sensitive part this morning and says, Lord, I cannot handle it. It's rocking. I thought it's steady. I thought this was going steady and firm. I was happy. I was comfortable. But you have shaken my nest, Lord. You have dismantled my nest. The earth under my feet is shaking. I don't know what to do. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is speaking to you. God says, I want your attention. Sometimes you don't give my, my place, my priority. This morning, church, we need to come up together. We need to come together to pray together. Come on, church. We need to fire up. Kindle up the fire and say, Lord, you have brought us as a church this morning to pray for each other. The church should know that I have a church that prays for me. Hallelujah. 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 Should we all open our mouth and say, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Respective of situations where you are, open your mouth and say, Lord, I know, I know you are able, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. You are a God who can move the mountains. You are a Savior, Father God. Lord, you can calm the sea. Lord, you can restore what I've lost this morning. I don't care what the doctors say. I don't care what the enemy says. Lord, I have a heaven that fights for me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord, we thank you this morning, Father God. 
Thank you, Lord, for your awesome power this morning. Lord, I pray that, Lord, this morning, that every chase will be broken in the name of Jesus. Every lies of Satan will be refuted in the name of Jesus. Lord, every word of lies that Satan is speaking right now, Lord, I come against it. You are worthy. You are worthy. The Bible says, I have died for you. I have died for you. So no one can accuse you, no condemnation. My dear friends, will you come back to God this morning? Will you come back to God this morning and say, Lord, you have caught my attention. You have caught my attention, Lord. The church that prays. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I know, I know I have a God who cares for me. This morning, Lord, whatever chains are binding you this morning, tell God, my fear, my anxiety, the fear of future, uncertainty. Lord, I don't know what the church was going through, but uncertain. they were scared. But they were sitting and praying. This morning, God says, I'm hearing your prayer. I see your tears. I hear the whispers of your heart this morning. And they're right beside you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. Going to hear my praises through. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. Going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. Hallelujah. How many of you believe this morning? My king is alive. Death is defeated. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, we come with the service into your hands, Lord. Let your word continue to minister, Father God, because we serve a God that's awesome. We serve a God that's mighty to save. We serve a God, Lord, who can move the mountains. We serve a God who saved yesterday, today, and forever. We serve a God who saved Peter. We serve a God who loses the chains of Peter. This morning, I pray that, Lord, they'll use every single chain that's binding these people, Father God. It's holding them back, Lord. Release of Father God. I pray for release and deliverance in the name of Jesus. Every chain be broken in the name of Jesus. Every sin, every curse, we come against it. There's no power, no authority on this church of Father God. When we pray, when we pray, when we pray, there is power. There is power. There is power. Father, I come with every single member of this church, from youngest to the oldest. I pray that, Lord, that you will put a hedge around them. Protect them, Father God. And prepare them for the next season of growth, O oh Lord Jesus. Father, we are excited to see what you are in store for the church at the next season of Father God. Blessed the Lord, increase the Father. Cover the precious blood of Father God. We give you all the glory and honor. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you.